Happy Wednesday evening to you, everyone, and welcome to the hottest sports show this side of the Kansas River. I don't know if there's a Kansas River or not, but anyway, you're listening to The Shoot with myself, Vincent Pride, and the other host on the microphone, check one, two, one, two, Mr. Alex Yavarsky. Alex, my man, what is happening? What's happening, man? I'm out here swimming in the Kansas River right now, believe it or not, <laughs> getting ready for this Super Bowl week. It's Super Bowl preview time. The Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady versus Mahomes. It doesn't get much better than that. You know, this was a Week 12 matchup that took place with the Chiefs beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But suffice it to say, I think uh, and that was a barn burner of a game with that Tyree, was a good one. Tyreek Hill tell having, you. Tyreek Hill had 200 plus yards in receiving in the first half. In the first quarter first alone. Quarter. I'm sorry, first quarter. That's in right. In the first quarter alone, I mean, Tyreek Hill, as we remember, this guy, I, I saw him do things in that game I've never seen in a National Football League game in my whole 30 years of watching. I mean, this guy stopped outside of the end zone to backflip <laughs> into the end zone. During a game. Not during <laughs> a game. Exactly. Didn't didn't backflip after he scored. No, no. He stopped so he could turn around and backflip his way into the end zone. Amazing. Chiefs, man, they jumped up big, but like you said, it, it turned out to be quite the game. It, it ended on a first down completion by Mahomes that that was able to seal the deal but if the Bucks would have got one more stop you know Brady gets a chance to go down and, and vintage Brady complete the comeback so I think we're in for a great game I, I, I'm excited to talk to you about it if you've been living on the planet of Jupiter the game is this Sunday February 6th sorry February 7th excuse me at six, kickoff at 6 35 p.m. at Raymond James Field in Tampa Bay, Florida. And this also, there's so many firsts in this matchup. First of all, the first team to ever host a Super Bowl game, i.e. Tampa Bay. And the first time that we've had an eight-time or seven-time Super Bowl champ play in an eighth Super Bowl to get a win. This is this is well six. This is he's got six Super Bowl rings now. He's played he's going in, for seven. He's going for seven. That's right. This is his tenth title oh, he's playing geez. in. However, he wow. has more Super Bowl titles than any team in the National Football League. Right. He's tied franchises. The Steelers <laughs> have six. Six exactly. He tied them as a I as mean, one person. Just incredible. You know, they say it's more likely for Tom Brady to make it to the Super Bowl than it is for Steph Curry to hit a three. <laughs> that common, huh? I mean, listen, the guys now made it 10 out of however many years. I think Steph Curry's, what, 38, 48% from the three-point line, something like that. Yeah, look up the numbers. Yeah, it's they there. say it's more likely for Brady to reach it, reach the Super Bowl than it is for Curry to hit a three, believe it or not. And this is where we come in to provide feedback and provide some information to help you predict the winner. And we want to thank you guys for tuning in today because honestly, I made a prediction almost two weeks ago. And I made it public and I'll share it with you now. But at the end of the show, it might not be the same. Let's put you that way. I actually predicted Kansas City 38, Tampa Bay 35. So you're going with Mahomes. I'm going with Mahomes on this one. Yeah. I, and there, and here yeah. are my reasons. Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek <laughs> But if you look at it, though, you, you, have, you have a ton of weapons. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. You know, first of all, let's start off in the backfield. You have a you have a pretty good duo at running back. You have Clyde Edwards Alaire, who actually missed that game, but will be returning for this game. So he's coming off of IR, he's healthy, he's good. Of course, you have Patrick Mahomes, and you have a couple of running backs in the backfield that did pretty good while Edwards Hilaire was out. And Williams, and of course Tyreek Hill, who is the switchblade of the offense can line up anywhere can get the ball from anywhere 
and just just a fine, uh, dynamic uh, player himself. Then you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. He is. I don't even know if it's fair to say he's the new Tom Brady, because I haven't seen Brady do a whole lot of what Mahomes is doing now, running and passing. Just to be honest with you, from an athletic standpoint, Mahomes is in a class by himself when it comes to that. Now he has a ring now, and he's going for number two. But this is the future we're looking at. He is definitely the future of the quarterback because you wouldn't pay him half a billion dollars, would you? For nothing. He's going He's going to earn his money. You know, we have wide receivers out wide who are actually guaranteed. You have a tight end in Kelsey who is that, that blanket when you kind of reach a point where I don't have anybody else open. You know you can look over the middle. If, if he's your last out, he will get open and he will catch the ball. Defensively, the front four for the for the Chiefs are just, they're playing at their best right now. And this is the reason I want to throw in here. I hate the two-week gap. I still hate it to this day. I wish they would have played last week to get it over with, especially with this pandemic. And you're still having a lot of stuff going on. But I hate that they had to actually wait another week to play this game. The front four for the Kansas City Chiefs, Rushing the quarterback, making making changes to the quarterback. Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks out there, young gun, run and throw, held him in check to his best of his ability. Now, can the Tampa Bay offensive line hold off this defensive line that's actually bringing, bringing it, really? And then with the secondary, with, of course, the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, as well as some great defensive backs and corners. This... This will equate to one of the better played Super Bowls we've seen in quite a while. That's why, and the momentum is heading their way. I really think Buffalo gave them a good test. They're not the defensive side. They're gonna they're gonna actually give away points. But how many points can the defensive side score for Kansas City? They have the dual threat. They can score both offensively. They can score defensively. This is something that I'm really going to be interested to see, especially against this Tampa Bay offense that is really gelling right now as well. But I think that the defensive side will be the big winner in this game. The defense, although the score is not going to be indicative of defense, but defense will win this game. That's why I'm choosing Kansas City 38, the Chiefs, I mean, the uh, the, the the Bucks 35. I think I've said a mouthful. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say I think it's tough to see the Chiefs losing. Um, however, look back at that game that first time they played. Like we said, Tyreek Hill, he was able to go for 200-plus receiving yards in the first quarter alone, but... He didn't do much after that. So clearly Tampa Bay found the recipe to contain him. Um, So if they're able to get off to a hot start defensively and not let him get that big first quarter, kind of stick around more, you've seen Tampa make a big comeback. I, I think it's hard to beat a team twice. It's hard to beat a Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. It's hard to beat a team playing at home. So, I mean, there's some factors I... Listen, Mahomes, what is it? They've got, got to get the research going, but I yep. think it's like 26 games now. They've won 25 out of the 26 out of their last 26 games going back to last year's Super Bowl and, you know, even before that. So, that boy says 26 out of 24. Okay. So it's, it's like, it, Kansas City is just a tough team to beat. They that Mahomes is something else. I I think it's going to be a much more competitive game than the first one. Yes, yes, I agree. From the start, from the start, and it. I'm going to be honest with you. I at first I was like, give me Kansas City, but. I'm going to be honest with you. I got Kansas City, but I'm like trying to talk myself into taking Tampa. And I think it is tough to bet against Brady. I mean, like we say, the guy's going for seven Super Bowls now. But let me tell you this. And I think Tony Romo brought up a great point the other day. He said, Mahomes' legacy is on the line here. And I kind of agree with him because listen here. 
if he's able to take down Tom Brady, I truly think Mahomes has a chance to go down as the greatest ever. Everyone wants to already proclaim him, oh, greatest ever, greatest ever. You know, and I can see it. I mean, the the kid's got what? What? He's got a Super Bowl. He's, he's got, got everything. He's got everything. And he, the record and contract. Not, he has oh. And he's not even, what, four years into the league yet. So, right, a record contract. He's got it all. So, this is the thing now. If Mahomes is able to beat Brady in this Super Bowl, and he's now at two Super Bowls four years into the league, he's going to one at 50%. I think he can catch up to Brady. You can say, listen, I beat Brady head-to-head in a Super Bowl. I've got two rings already with a chance to go for more. Here's the thing, though. Brady beats Mahomes, and Brady gets to seven. Mahomes will never catch him. Mahomes will never be able to say he's the greatest. Let me tell you why. Brady will have beat him head-to-head in a Super Bowl. You think Mahomes with one Super Bowl is ever going to be able to catch up to seven Super Bowls? You think he's going to be playing long enough? to where Brady is at 45 years old almost to break the touchdown record. I mean, Mahomes would have to play year after year after year, tossing 50 touchdowns a year, you know? So I, I I do think this is a big legacy game. Um, if if you want to, if you want to think about it like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're in for, for a, for a major treat. Two of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen, grace this earth and um i just think it's gonna be a heck of a game i i like i said vince i do like kansas city but i think this one's pretty much a coin flip really and i want to i really do i really, do. Think that I really the do team with the ball last if this ever if I it's really ever do. been said in a let me tell phrase, you why let me t- let me tell you why I think it's a coin flip. Man, you talk about Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and they're getting Edwards Hilaire back, and you got Mahomes. Okay, that's four guys I've named, right? Yep. Well, let's go to Tampa Bay. Exactly. You got Ronald Jones. You got Fournette. You got Brady. You got Mike Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown. Who got Gronk? Mm. The list goes on and on. I mean, are there even enough defenders playing on the field for the amount of names I just and you made? And you forgot so. one name that has really been shocking. Brait. Brait. I mean, another under-the-radar guy who, what, he had a touchdown catch in the NFC Championship. You're exactly right. So the list goes on and on when you talk about weapons. If anyone's going to know how to utilize every one of those weapons, it's going to be Tom Brady. I wouldn't be surprised to see him complete passes to 9 or 10 or 11 different guys in this mm. game. I mean, I really think if anyone has the ability to keep this Kansas City defense on edge, it is Tom Brady. I mean, they already played him once. How smart of a quarterback is Brady? He is going to dissect every second of that first matchup. He's going to make the adjustments. So I really think it, it is it is a coin flip of all coin flips. I mean, t- pick your poison for that Bucks offense and who you want to stop. But I, man, I just I, I I really think it's getting getting ready to set up. I, it's, it's almost uh, like the game. Like I, I just mentioned, call. I just I wish it was played last week. I really do because they're both teams playing on that Sunday, winning the NFC Championship. Would it have made a huge difference to play the game a week ago instead of in two weeks? In this situation, no. I think you should let them just go at it fresh with the COVID going on and the, the, uh, who is it, the Kansas City barber had COVID or something of that nature? So and all the guys, the barber, yeah, the, the, yeah I heard so they're that. all getting haircuts. Twenty plus guys were scheduled yeah. to get cut by this barber, and uh, one of the players was getting a haircut as the barber found <laughs> he out he, his results were positive. So they 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 stopped the haircut mid cut. Uh, you know, it's it's not a funny situation, but it's it's just Incredible. indicative of what what we're dealing with now and how much I just would have loved for them to just get the game over, you know, start fresh with 2021-22 season instead of waiting. Because this is a situation where they waited. You know, in this tradition, we all know it's a two-week wait after the Super Bowl. And I hate that. You know, it, but think about it. 
there was no major media day as it usually is on a Tuesday. There was no major media day. So what did you do? You did Zoom, but still the thrill of Super Bowl week is the just the the pageantry and all the interviews and over a hundred countries coming from different languages all around the world and you, you see tons of media you talk with the players they're already tired of it it is it's hectic and our good friend russ owens from formerly of wcnc sports director he's, he's one of the most difficult times in his in 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 the season he hates it you know he said i hate it i you hate going down there bumping against people over three thousand media credentials are handed out and it's just a hot mess so this year we couldn't have that because of COVID. So why even, you know, it's it kind of didn't really, yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, I'll tell you one more point about the game. I think that the offensive line for the Buccaneers is, is going to play such a factor. If they're able to hold up against that pass rush of the chiefs. And that's what I, I just mentioned. What yep. Brady did. Yeah. Look what Brady did against green Bay. Dissected. They have some great corners on Green Bay. Jair Alexander, right. Kevin King. And look, the last play before half, Brady sent Scotty Miller on oh, a wow. fade, beat him over the top. And this is Scotty Miller. I didn't even mention him in that <laughs> list of names I just mentioned moments ago. <laughs> okay. So I just think no defensive secondary in the league is going to be able to hold up with these receivers and, and Tom Brady darting up passes to them. So I think that the Chiefs' pass rush is going to be so critical in this game. That's that's either going to win or lose them the game. If they're able to hassle Brady and, and take him off his mark, make him uncomfortable throughout the course of the game, Chiefs will win the game. Because Believe it or not. At the age of 43, you know, Tom Brady has never been that running type of quarterback. So if they do blitz or put situations where there's a lot of pressure on Tom, he'll be throwing the short outs, the, the second look, the third look, instead of the first look, which will confuse right. the linemen because they can do stunts as well, the offensive line. The defensive line can throw in stunts as Tampa, I mean, as Kansas City has. They can bring up Tyron Matthew to play linebacker. There are so many different facets, and I mentioned that the defensive, the front four have been playing lights out. And that is so important because if they play lights out on Sunday, there is no there is no way the Tampa Bay offensive line, whether it's Fournette in the backfield picking up a blitz or whatever the case may be, it's going to be hard for them to really protect Brady to get those passes off, which will cause errant passes or tip balls, which resulted in three INTs last week for Brady. Now that he might have only thrown really one, but still, you can't. You, you got to catch the ball if you can't. You know that's going to be an int. I got two quick things to also mention to you. Um, you, you. You talked about quarterback, one of the greatest ever to play the game, and and I was asking myself on the way home. I asked myself. I've heard that phrase. You know, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Look at who has played in the National Football League, not just quarterback. We're talking linebacker. We're talking running back. We're talking wide receivers. But to say that, that's 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 kind of doesn't does it make sense to call him the greatest to ever play the game? Is it I can say maybe the greatest to play at quarterback. And you gotta be honest with you. Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. But he was pretty damn good. If he wins this Super Bowl, he's the greatest athlete to ever play a sport. Whoa, that is heavy. Now let's now that is opening up Pandora's box. You know. Oh my god. You know (laughs) I am a Chicago guy, a Jordan. I was gonna tell you, what are you talking about? If he gets more championships than Jordan right here, man, like well, you know what? And I, the I, I Super kind of... Bowl is harder to do it. It's it's more people out there. It's a bigger team sport. So, it... you know Man. what? I agree. And, and let me tell you why I agree with it's you. It's tougher. Us. You can get there easier in, in the NBA Finals. Go ahead. Chicago, the Bulls, Jordan won with the Bulls. 
Brady will win with the Patriots and the Bucks. And what after leaving the team, his first season going to Tampa and winning a Super Bowl, and he's going back to the Super Bowl. I mean, this guy he never fails to amaze. And then you think, you know what? Oh, Billichick, look at what Billichick and the Patriots did this season. Oh God! Couldn't make a out play. of the playoffs in right. out of the playoffs in week fourteen. Right, just plain and simple. Yeah. First year without Can't. Brady, so I mean that just tells you how valuable Brady is. He was more valuable than Belichick, by the way. Which just last I think, year I would not have said. Just think how much, and you think about the offseason for Tampa. Did they really do a lot of offseason changes or acquire a lot of offseason talent to? protect Brady from an offensive line standpoint. Yes, and they did in the draft. They most certainly did. They knew what was about to happen. After they traded up in the started. draft. Right. So that's a great move on the GM down there. Great move for Bruce Aarons and head coach. They planned it to make it comfortable for him to make this New England version two. I just they think got the there's people too right many records. I mean, Brady, man, look, look at what he's done. Look at the, that, this, is, this is so much. I, you know what? what, what, so what I think the much, most of, man, but ten Super Bowls. How the next closest? You, yeah. How many Super Bowls has the next closest guy even been to? Charles Haley with five. You know he's been to fourteen conference mm. championship games, <laughs> and has been the MVP of fourteen conference championships. I mean. So, I mean, there you go. He, I mean, he's the all-time leader in touchdown passes in NFL history. I mean, I there's no question right. this guy is the greatest quarterback of all time. I, I mean, and like I say, I, I'd be willing to probably go as far as he's the greatest ever athlete if he wins this. You know, we look back, and I think you and I were talking about when he first got drafted out of Michigan. We watched his combine, and... You look at this. He was almost Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, yeah. My dad. It's my dad's birthday, actually, today. Happy birthday. Um, Happy birthday, Pops. To my dad, you know, and I, I made sure to give him a call. He he still resides in Ann Arbor, and he made sure to mention the fact that Tom Brady from Michigan, of course, playing yep. in another Super Bowl, he let it be known, you know, that uh, who he's rooting <laughs> for. And he asked me, he said, so... You went to Michigan State. I, For those of you who don't know, I graduated from Michigan State, was born and raised in Ann Arbor. He made sure to remind me, you were born in the University of Michigan Hospital. So, so is, he, is he trying to get you to go ahead and make... Yeah, you know, I don't like that he... I don't think he likes that, that I'm a Michigan State guy now. But, but you know what? You got to think about... I mean, Michigan had the Fab Five. But you know what? Mateen Khalees... I still remember that that championship at Michigan State. Yes, sir. NCAA college basketball. Yes, sir. Beautiful. I, I, that was that was one of the high points. I, I mean, great great game. And of course, who can forget? Who can forget? Alex Yovarski was at this game. He was, and I keep saying it, but you got to see it. You got to see it to believe it. Michigan State down against Michigan. Field goal attempt. <laughs> By Michigan. Punt. Punt. But, they uh, just were going to punt to bleed the clock out. Punt there it. were a couple seconds left. And what happened? The punt. <laughs> Punter had trouble with the oh, snap. Michigan oh, State boy. picked it up and retained. Talk about crazy. You t- that, that reminds me of the game Alabama-Auburn. Right. Uh, the, the, the field goal was field short. Goal was and he short runs it and back 108 back. Yeah. yards. For the touchdown. No flag. No flags on the field. 2013. I do also want to, real quick, what about this, this, uh, the other two big, big bits of news in the NFL. First, Matt Stafford to the Rams. Hmm. What do you think of that? I think that's a good move. I hate they got rid of Jared Goff because I thought Goff might have been the future there, but obviously, um, I mean, Stafford brings a ton of experience. He's been in Detroit forever. University of Georgia uh, quarterback. Set records there at Georgia. A very capable and strong-arm quarterback. 
had his shoulder separation game. Uh, he and his, his wife has gone through brain surgery. He's gone through a lot. And I'm really rooting for this guy because of that fact. He's a he's a winner. He was on a bad team for a long time. And he, now he, he played his entire career on arguably the worst yeah. franchise in the NFL. Okay, exactly. So in so NFL this is a, history, I'm, I'm rooting for him to be to do very good in, in in Los Angeles. You know, you still have Aaron Donald there. You you have hey, this is have, a team. This is a team that was just in the Super Bowl a few years ago, and guess That's what? Right. They they were two games away from going two back games to away another from being Super again. Bowl this exactly. year. So. Now they think they were a quarterback away. You're able to get Stafford for, you know what, I think they got him on a pretty good deal. I think very good deal. kind of won in this trade because Stafford, obviously, you know, they were going to get rid of him via trade. So Lions are able to get two first-rounders for him, which, you know, you got to like. But look at for the Rams. I mean, you got to assume with how, how talented of a bunch they are, they've got – you know, the best cornerback in the league in Jalen Ramsey. You've got the best defensive lineman in Aaron Donald. They've got a stacked defense ready to win now. Good receiving core, good run game, good head coach. Now you're able to add Matt Stafford for a couple of first-round picks, which you're assuming, you know, these are going to be later in the first round, maybe 20, 30 range. So right. I think a lot to prove here for Matt Stafford. I'm rooting for him. I think this is a great pick for him. It's out west. Uh, you know, he's played, play, like I said, in one of the worst uh, teams. And also, not a too weather-friendly area, although they did play right. inside. But you did play Green Bay. You know, you had Chicago. You know, I think this is a good move for him and his family. So, I wish him nothing but the best there Definitely. in uh, Detroit. And the other news of the day, uh, the other NFL news, there was Alex. Well, this Deshaun Watson and him being traded. Tick tock, tick tock. The rumor is, and this is the latest on the Deshaun Watson, how you want to call it, saga? Of course, yeah. Carolina has put their name in the hat to see what they can do, but they would have to give away everything. Do you want do you want Carolina to trade for him, knowing how expensive no. of a price? No. As a no, Bears no, no, fan, no. I don't want the Bears to trade for him. I yeah, just he's talked gonna want to a, a Niners fan earlier today. Niners fans said, no, I don't want... Listen, I think Deshaun Watson's overrated. Mm. I think Deshaun Watson's overrated. Hear me out here on this one, Vincent. All right, They're saying, it. okay, yeah, he's a young cat, so, oh, he's gonna, you know, need all these picks for him. They're saying it starts at three first-rounders minimum. Guess what? The cat ain't worth it. Stafford just went for two first-rounders. I think that deters a lot of people off because, you know what? People miss out on Stafford. They see he just went for two first-round picks. Now I got to get give up three first-rounders to get a Deshaun Watson. Guess what? Deshaun Watson isn't as good as Stafford. And let me tell you, I, I think people are so quick to crown this cat Deshaun. I'm going to be honest, and this 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 could shock a lot of people to hear me say this, but is Deshaun Watson even better than Baker Mayfield? It's an honest question. Listen, man. Yeah. Okay, Deshaun Watson, first of all, wasn't the number one overall pick, okay? So he went to a beautiful situation. A mid-round pick, you're getting taken, what, 13th, 14th, 15th overall? So you're not going to one of the bottom feeder teams first and foremost, okay? Like a like success. a Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield went to the worst situation ever, the Cleveland Browns. Guess what? Baker Mayfield's got a playoff win under his belt. Does Deshaun Watson got a playoff win under his belt? Absolutely not. Deshaun Watson wants to run in the face of adversity. That's the last thing I want out of a quarterback. Oh, okay, we just won four games this year. Now I'm requesting a trade, pack up my stuff, get me out of town. I can't respect that. I can't respect that. Baker Mayfield begged the Cleveland Browns, the worst team in the National Football League at the time, to sign him. Guess what? He's faced a lot of adversity, and he stuck with it. This year, he finally gets to the playoffs, is able to knock off the Steelers. So, yeah, I think Deshaun Watson is a stat stuffer. I I, I think he's a huge, you know, um, don't get me wrong. The kid's ultra-talented now. 
I'm just saying three first round picks like the only team I could see even justifying that would be the Niners because they're so close that maybe if they get him you know I think Shanahan could do some dirty things in that offense with him but I I just don't know man I I think he's seriously overrated he like I say I don't I don't want my quarterback my my leader of my football team running from the face of adversity and and I just think that's what he's doing I mean I get they traded Hopkins from me I get that things aren't going well you know things are really bad in Houston they don't even have a first round pick because they traded it away to go get Laramie Tunsil well guess what that's like the third overall pick this year you just traded away so I think if anyone has it the worst it is Houston but I don't know, man. I mean, Deshaun, I don't know if you can justify giving up three three first-rounders. And, I mean, I think it's fair to say there's a reason he hasn't been traded for yet. No one's offered up, you know? And I think you actually hit the nail right on the head when it comes to that. Uh, coming out of Clemson, you just mentioned a very good point. He was set up for success. Houston, with uh, at the time Bill O'Reilly at head coach, great situations. They Hopkins, had, they had, JJ Watt. I mean, they had talent. Yeah, they he had could never win picks. a playoff game. They went right. multiple times. People ask, "Well, how could you lose with Hopkins?" That that's the question. How could you? How you, could you? Great you, right? you had the greatest receiver in the NFL at the time. Like, had a good running game too. You know, it was a good game at the time, but over time. Over time, it looks as if, and I, and I hate to say it, but I think he was very discouraged. You know, he, after the number of situations that were put in with the whole Bill O'Reilly situation that should have, as the GM as well, never right. should have been put in Correct. that position. Correct. That, you got to think about that. I they mean, made he ran horrible this. moves. Oh, man. You horrible. talk about it. Listen, could you ever imagine your team trading a first round pick <laughs> and then you end up with a top five pick? I mean, you hmm. better get a Tom Brady-esque player for something like that. because And, and you got trash. <laughs> you got trash for it. I mean, that. Bill O'Reilly is the is the number one reason why the Houston Texans. Yeah, have, they're in a world of hurt. Yeah, they're in a world of hurt. They're, and they might actually, and J.J. Watt might end up in Chicago playing with his brother. I mean, yeah. so is that right? Yeah, it might be. Well, well, his brother is on the Steelers I'm sorry, now. The Steelers, yeah, but... he might be playing in Pittsburgh. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because wow, he's not going to, I mean, I don't think he's going to hang around. Yeah. I don't think he is. Right, right. Does he want to go through a rebuild? So some tough situations. But I did have to, I had to clear the air on that one. That that one, I don't know. I just. But you're right, though. I mean, if you, you are absolutely right because he was set up to succeed. And as a player, as a no, as the captain of a team, you have to go through adversity no matter There's how There's something many to be said about these cats who get drafted number one overall. Look at Cam Newton. I mean, he came in and filled in for a 1-15 football team. This was the worst team in the National Football League. Same thing with Baker Mayfield. When you're the number one pick and you're able to turn your franchise around and get them to the playoffs, there's really something to be said there because you're not, it's not like you're being taken 16th overall and, and you're already going to a borderline playoff team that was, you know, just needed a quarterback to get over that hump. It's like Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton, these guys who, who, who are going from number one pick and for Cam Newton per se, taking his team to a Super Bowl. I mean, there is really something to be said about that. It's taking your team from worst to first. And and that's why I say Baker Mayfield may be a better quarterback than a Deshaun Watson because, because of things like that. You know, Deshaun Watson, th- this isn't a guy who went to a team, you know, who was the worst team in the league. No, he went to a, you know, middle-of-the-pack team now. So Right. And think about this. Let's stick with Cam. Cam... And junior college, junior college national champions, Cam at Auburn, national championship. So he never lost. I think out of his, I think they might have lost one game at 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 Blaine Community College. Lost no games at Auburn. Beat 
Alabama won a national championship and comes to a Carolina Panther team that is notorious for losing the 1-15 start. So his whole thing was, we've got to change it. I'm not used to losing. And he goes to his first year where, as a rookie quarterback, you know, with the whole people, you really couldn't read him, okay? As a first-year quarterback with the towel over the head, it looked like he was sulking. And he might have been. During interviews, post-game interviews, he was sulking. But what did he do? He said, you know what? We're going to get better. Right. Kept edging, kept edging. And next, what, two he years? He wasn't begging to get out of Carolina. Right, he wasn't right. wasn't a trade. He didn't pull an Eli Manning, get drafted in San Diego, and decide, I don't want to play there. Right. You know, I want to play in New York instead. So he he swallowed his pride, came on out to Carolina, knowing, it, knowing that it was going to be rough. But he turned the city and the NFL inside out as a rookie. Setting quarterback records left and right. The first quarterback to throw for 4,000, rush for 1,000. You know, this that's those are ever. We're talking ever in the history of the league since 1940-something. You know, that's, that's never been done. He did it. He turned the whole, he turned the pages, and it showed up. And the stats, it showed up at Super Bowl 50 to take a team that was 1-15 to go to the Super Bowl two or three years later. Man, you, like you said, I mean, Baker Mayfield, if you watch for Cleveland, if you saw Hard Knocks back when they were on Hard Knocks, I want to say four years ago, before May, what, the same year Baker was a rookie, they were, they were about to draft Dez, they were about to pick up Dez Bryant. They didn't have nobody. And remember, this is the same, is this the same? No, it's not the same. I'm thinking the Ocho Cinco thing with the, with the whole incident with his wife. But yeah, the, the Browns had nobody. Remember who was head coach at the Browns at the time? Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson right. and his and and his offensive quarterback coordinator were verbally getting into it. Chad Haley. They were they didn't like each other. They were talking about each other. There was there was so much misarray. Baker Mayfield went through three different systems his first three years. <laughs> three different offensive coordinators, three different quarterback coaches. So that right. has to be frustrating. But you know what he did? He took that team. He he dealt. He took the hand he was dealt with, and made it to the made it to the playoffs and has and a playoff win. Exactly. That just goes to show you, man. And and Deshaun exactly. Watson, you can't say the same. I, I just you, you know I never really concentrated on the Houston Texas running from 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 adversity. You don't do that. But and he signed a big deal. He signed a huge deal. Signed a big deal, right? He right signed, now, you got to remember that. Now he his first bit of adversity, get me out of town. I want traded. You know, I yeah, yeah. I agree. I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want him. What it? What What happens when he comes to your team and and things get bad there? He's going to want to leave. Right. He's going to want to leave. I mean, right, you got to right, think about right. that. That's that's huge. That he, that that's, that plays on the morale of your whole team. Yeah, I exactly. mean, I know Bill O'Reilly as a head coach and GM ran that organization in the. In the damn ground, and he should be banned from ever coaching again. Definitely. But uh, you, you can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. And you're listening to the shoot here with uh, myself and Alex. We're having a great time talking about Super Bowl Fifty. Talked about a little NFL news, uh, and we never got the final score for you. Yeah, I was hoping you weren't gonna ask. Me. <laughs> we'll talk about it at the, at the end of the show. I about didn't want to give a prediction. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I told you I'm torn. I think it's a, t- a coin flip game, Vince. So I, it's a thin I, line, huh? A thin I line between love is, and hate. Man, I think go. it is. Man. It's, but I, no, it's gonna be one of the better. And I hope it would be one of the better Super Bowls we've seen in quite a while. Jim Nance and Tony Romo will broadcast the game with CBS Sports. Be sure to tune in Friday, I mean Sundays, February the 7th, as the Chiefs take on the Bucks at Raymond James Field. 636 kickoff on CBS Sports. Man, I tell you, that's gonna be a hot game. That's gonna be a hot game. And kudos to CBS for doing such a great job this year. Not just because we did a little work there for them, but they they do a great what job. What you got going on for the game? Uh God, I have my my grandson is coming over Saturday. Okay, because I have my 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 daughter, my stepdaughter is it's her birthday the sixth. Happy birthday to you, Cara! Happy birthday! And she is actually bringing over uh my little my little 
too cute. He is so cute. A little to Marcus Dwayne M- Macy. He's named his middle name is after mine. He's coming over Saturday. We're gonna keep him while they're out, you know, celebrating her birthday. And he may be around for Super Bowl Sunday. I don't think he would, but otherwise, I'm gonna be honest with you. Just maybe at home, you know, just be at home. Be at home. With little little chips and yep, dip. Little chips and dip. Uh, you know, I, I, it's it doesn't have the same feel because I guess the whole. You know, there's nothing really open to go to and hang out, you know, and, and they right, are encouraging. Right. And and just to let you know, Dr. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci is advising people, please do not gather in public spaces or gather at your other houses because it might become a super spreader. It may become a super spreader. And with that being said, I wanted to actually do this earlier, but I forgot. I want to thank Roger Goodell and the NFL for providing 7,500 tickets to, to essential first aid health care workers. All, paid, all expenses paid to fly down to Tampa with a loved one and watch the game. How cool is that, man? That's awesome. And they all have been tested and tested for the virus. They're all okay. And I want to say, and I'll have to get Stat Boy Joe to check this out for me. The total attendance is going to be, I think, what, 20,000? But I think most of the people will be tested or somehow, you know, for for COVID. So that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. But they still will have social distancing. But thank you, Roger Goodell, for providing the people who have helped save so many lives here in the U.S. Because although our numbers are extremely up, almost 500,000. He, the, these healthcare workers have actually helped save so many lives and thank you to those workers here in the Carolinas and all throughout the United States for keeping us safe during this trying time uh, 7,500 workers along with family members get a chance to go see the game in Tampa it's a great thing congratulations to those guys and I hope they have a hell of a good time and I and I won't ask Absolutely. you for the score again. So <laughs> I won't, you won't ask, ask me for the score. I said it. I'm I said say, the score. I'm, it might not be what that. I don't think. Now I know Kansas City can score. You know, I, I say it's going to be a field goal win. Team who has the ball last wins, or even it might be a fourth down stop. But it's a 38-35. 38-35. 38 35. 38-35. 38-35. Chiefs. Chiefs and the home of the Chiefs. Man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to give me a minute to think about my final score. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a, that's gonna be one of the better Super Bowl matches. What was the best? Do you remember what was the best Super Bowl? Best for Super you? Bowl of all time? Yeah, I definitely remember. I, I, I'm going to say Titans Rams when it came down to the last play. Eddie George got stopped. What was it? A yard or two? Sh- I mean, listen. I get it. I, I, I understand the Seahawks versus the Patriots where Malcolm Butler intercepted Russell Wilson oh right there on God. the goal line. Yeah. yeah, that came down to the last play too. But, I mean, when you got the last play and you're reaching out to see if you can break the goal line and you're talking about a matter of inches or feet or a yard or something, and that's what it comes down to, I mean – I just think that was the most incredible Super Bowl that I've ever witnessed um, to this day. I mean, obviously, I I wasn't around to watch the the likes of the Montanas and the Aikmans and and you know those guys. I think you actually, yeah, it's a it's from, a pretty good pick. I remember the game very well. It was the greatest. Yeah, show. what about you? What's your greatest? Oh my Super god, Bowl you're gonna ever? kill me for this. You are going to kill me for this. And, and I want you to go back and actually research it on YouTube. So you know where I'm going with this. It's, it's not a recent NFL game. It is a game back in 1972, Super Bowl X. And you remember, where were you at I was at my grandma's this? house in a little city. 1972. No, 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 no. I said 72. I'm sorry. It was not 72. It was not 72. Let me please rephrase that because that make me really, really old. It was Super Bowl X. Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers. Roger Starback versus Terry Bradshaw. Len Swan, Josh Starworth for the and Franco Harris for the Steelers with Tony Dorsett, Drew Pearson, Emerson Walls, as well as Randy White for the Dallas Cowboys. It was held at Orange Bowl in Miami, Florida. 
the game was uh, eventually won by the Steelers, who I was a Cowboys fan at the time, and when they were when they were true a true team back then. But that was one of the greatest NFL games I've seen, and and I and that's just it's nostalgia for me. And what happened? What 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 was what made it the best game ever? Did it come down to the wire? It was exactly to the happened? wire game, but the Steelers ended up winning by ten. But it was just one of those games where you have both. You have Roger Starback as a kid. He was like Captain America, former Navy graduate, played drafted by the Houston Texans back in the day. That's what they were called. So then they converted to the Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, he was like the All-American guy versus the even. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys used to they be the Houston They were called the Houston, the Houston something. Houston, I want to say Houston Cowboys. I'm sure that they'll, I'll get a okay. lot of Facebook messages about that. But they were, there was something back in the 60s when they actually were in the, I want to say the, they played the, they lost to the Cleveland Browns in a AFC, in a, in a championship game, believe it or not. You know, that, that's just a little more history that you might want to know, but. Yeah, it was just one of those games. I was a huge Cowboy fan as a kid, and the Steelers were like the evil team to me. And they were just like, I just did not. Come on, it wasn't the 85 Bears. No, I love the Bears. Man, I was, I was a <laughs> I huge just, Bears fan. Um, but this game was, it was my first ever just watching it as a kid, you know, and really understanding what was mm-hmm. going on. And, and it. Yeah, my first ever ones watching were um, Elway. Elway in in his last oh, wow. two Super Bowls taking on Favre and uh yeah, oh, the Gino. Gino was yeah, on the, those teams. Yeah. He, he yeah, actually played yeah. for Atlanta against the Broncos and then he played with Elway and uh, yeah, right, Green, right, Bay, right. Green Bay. So yeah. Oh Gino, he has a ring. You know you Yeah, those were my first ever Super wow. Bowls. I, I and I mean, this watching. is so crazy. I was yeah. sitting at my desk at home and I pulled up Super Bowl ten and started watching it. It was it was host it was NBC did the game. And Dick Enberg. I don't know if you remember Dick Enberg. He's one of the best commentators oh, yeah. out there. He was the host of the show, the the whole Super Bowl show. And I think Bryant uh let's see, who was it? Uh Bryant Gumble was the play caller. So this is wow. this is going back in history, man. It was just for me, it was the first Super Bowl game I ever saw. My team lost, and I think as 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 a child, I cried because I just I just really did. I hate <laughs> to see Super Bowl but yeah. the Dallas Cowboys lose. As a matter of fact, just another note on that: when the Cowboys and played 49ers in the catch game, I, that's another game I cried. Yeah, I cried on that one. Well, I'm gonna tell you, one of the toughest things to do is to lose a Super Bowl. I mean, you got it. You think, oh, well, it was such a great season. At least you got there. Why is it so heartbreaking to lose in the Super Bowl? Well, let me tell you why. When you make it to a Super Bowl and you lose that game, it's so heartbreaking because you worked so hard all year to get there. It is tough to make it to a Super Bowl. So if you lose, you don't know if you're ever even going to make it. That's how hard it is. 17 games. That's how hard it is. The Bears. You got to set the Bears. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen, the the Bears. (laughs) 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 Once the Bears made it back in 06, they lost. They haven't been back. It's one of those things, man. They haven't been back since. Hester returned the opening kickoff. I will tell you my greatest moment ever in Super Bowl history, and I'll ask you next. That Devin oh. Hester opening kickoff takes it to the house. I mean, you want to talk about excitement from a Bears fan? Holy cow! I was I was jumping up and down throughout my house, screaming. Went to hug my dad. I was watching on one TV. My dad's watching on another TV. We meet in the middle. Okay, that's another good thing. We Why can... is that? There are times, and I do the same thing. I'll I'll tell my wife or I'll tell my 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 brother when he comes over or something. I'm gonna watch the game in here. You watch it in here. I can't watch games with him or watch games with certain people because I think I just get well. You know what? I don't know what it is. I think what was going on is that HD TVs were were fairly new. You know, a couple years and we and my dad had bought the HD and and had it in the basement. And I'm like, 
I'm trying to watch this on, on the nice TV. And, you know, I think he's just hanging out in the living room. You he doesn't know, give a and, shit, you know. And I'm downstairs, and I'm telling you, once Hester took that to the crib, it's... In that very game, we, I had a special moment, too. It, it, and it was the halftime show. Prince, I mean, come on. That was like... <laughs> in the yeah. rain. Purple rain. <laughs> but listen, that was one of the best halftime shows I've seen. But the best halftime show ever in the history. Michael nope. Jackson. And this is so crazy. No. Michael Jackson. The best halftime show ever in the history of Super Bowl halftime shows was. No. And you're going to be so amazed. You're going to be so amazed. Like, what are you talking about, man? Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, huh? <laughs> that last one I was kind of joking. But you know, I, I kind of thought when you said that, year, I was I like, wait a minute, they hips, they hips. Yeah, they hips. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, yeah, that, that can go, that can be number one and a half. <laughs> but yeah. Bruno Mars' performance, when he st- did the solo on the drums, he's going throughout the crowd and then starts his performance. Man, just hands down, the guy is so freaking. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers performed with him as well. That was the best Super Bowl halftime show in the history of Super Bowls. And my wife to this day says, "You forgetting Michael Jackson? You're forgetting. You're forgetting Prince. You're forgetting Beyonce. You're forgetting the the Rolling Stones. I mean, you're forgetting all these people who performed." I'm like, "Look, yeah. Bruno Mars took he, that hands down. That for me, that was it." He, was t- he, took he took the, the stage, stage huh? man. And then he came back yes, in Super Bowl sir. 50 and performed with Beyonce and Coldplay. Wow. Look at me. I know all this stuff. I'm like, it was yeah. awesome, man. Fantastic. But yeah, the, I mean, those are the little right. Super Bowl memories. And what's your favorite Super Bowl memory out there, fans? I know that you probably have a few. Let us know via Facebook. I want to know what your favorite Definitely. Super Bowl moment was. Yours was the Devin Hester kickoff, I think, right? Yeah, kickoff return. Kickoff return, opening kickoff of the Super Bowl. Against the Indianapolis Colts. That same game, the halftime show for Prince was one of my – I would say it was number two. Number one was Bruno Mars in Super Bowl 47. Maybe 48. I I think it was 47. Yeah, I think it was Super Bowl 47. Um, It's it's been some great memories, man. I mean, great memories. You have Super Bowl 10. The very first Super Bowl, uh, Green Bay, and oh god, it just left my head. I hate that one. You mean to tell me your favorite Super Bowl memory isn't Delome to to Moose? Eighty-seven yard touchdown pass, the longest in Super Bowl history. Still the record. uh, Yeah, it it is, it is. But you know, the whole end result of that was that field goal. And and people, I still think people need to stop. People need to stop. Uh, John Casey is one of the best guys in the history of the world. He's a God-fearing man. And when he kicked the ball out of bounds, you would have thought he just kicked your mother in the teeth. And that's not fair for him. That was not fair because that is why. People say that's why we lost the game. Well, we lost the game because we didn't execute. You know, that's, that's what it was. I mean, it was a major factor. But on when when Brady had the ball, he drove downfield. Adam Vinatieri, boom! You know that was a heartbreaking loss. That was, if not, it was. I guess per, personally dealing with me, it was one of the worst losses ever. And then we came back and lost again to Denver on that, whatever you call it, call field Levi Field out there in San Jose, which was the the yeah. grass was just terrible. But they played on the same grass as well. Denver played on the same grass, so no excuses. But, uh, yeah, John Casey, uh, I still hear to this day that people, you know, talking about John Casey and how he's just, oh, he ruined it for the team. And no, 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 no. John Casey is an all one of the best all-around guys, not just in football, but just as a person, dude. And you know, you've met him a couple of, you might have met him a couple of times, I think, maybe. Have you? Oh, that's no, right. I okay, yeah, I was Casey. down at camp and he's, mm-hmm. I mean, at camp. Down in Wofford, I'm sorry, quick story. He would hold Bible classes on Wednesday nights for players because you know you're down in you're down in a Wofford College, you're away from your family. So he would hold Bible class, Bible study on Wednesday nights down there. 
in the cafeteria. So, I mean, he that's John Casey right there for you, man. Enough said. You know, he's all-around great guy. It happened. Not sure why, but, yeah, it happened. And it's, uh, it's, it's very unfortunate, but, you know, I still think we'll get back one day if, you know. Oh, and speaking of that, Marty Herney was part of that organization as a general manager. Has he signed with Washington? I think he has already. Is that correct? Yes. Wow. All I can say is wow. Carolina ties headed up to Washington. Oh my goodness. I just I I heard it was only a one year deal though. Rivera now Herney. Yeah, I think I heard the Herney deal is only for one year, a one year deal. Which doesn't make sense, but you know, Daniel Snyder doesn't really make a whole lot of sense either, so I mean, Not at all. Come on, it's about as worse as uh, about as worse as ever. <laughs> <laughs> man, we're down to we're down to four minutes. Uh, one quick thing, also, man, quick I know show, we also got man. some more sports news to talk about. If you're ready for the Super Bowl, you'll be ready for the Carolina Bowl as well on Saturday, February sixth, in North Carolina takes on Duke. And that's, exa- and that's exactly Saturday. how everyone feels, too, because it's like, who cares? Yeah, who I mean, cares, huh? both teams are not rated. Two unranked yeah, teams. That's, that's horrible. Last time since 1966, I read, mm. that these two are getting ready to face each other in an unranked matchup. And the way we're saying it is exactly how the fans feel. Even if there was no COVID, I think no one would still show up, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I think they would. It's just, if they're eight miles down the road, nine miles down the road, trust me, it's heated rivalry. Don't get me wrong. There's no such thing as, an un, as a non-heated rivalry against Duke and UNC. It's like, you know, it's it's pretty bad. You know, it's a very bad rivalry. But this year, it is, it is different. Do you think Roy Williams' time has ended at Carolina? You know what? Uh, I... I don't think his time has ended. No, he's one of the greats of all times in the college coaching ranks. But speaking, you know, local basketball, how about the how about the buzz in the Charlotte Hornets? We talked about LaMelo Ball, did we they, not? They won three in a row against some really solid teams, some of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. They beat Indiana, they beat the Heat, and they beat the Bucks consecutively. Looks like they're gonna gonna take a loss tonight against the Sixers, but you know what? They they just cut it to nine with a LaMelo ball layup and one, so they've got a chance to cut it to eight here with about five minutes left, so Hornets playing some really good basketball. Just oh, yes, to, yes. You know, I, keep I'm it, glad you did. Keep it local before we end how, the show. How much of an impact has he made to this team? Yeah, I mean, the kid's playing good. I I, I think the best way to Describe him right now. Kids yeah. raw. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's still a teenager, and that's scary. You no, know, but he seems like he, he he he's a floor general. He sees the floor great really well. Guy. I mean, you can tell. Great assist guy. I mean, plays with high intensity. He can shoot the three ball well. Score. I mean, youngest player in NBA history to record a triple double. Kid's nineteen years old. I mean, the sky's the limit for him. I think Charlotte really really did well drafting this guy with the third overall pick. Listen, I think this is the closest the Hornets have been since they they moved back from the Bobcats to the Hornets. They've got a good young nucleus. Um, You know, if they can put it together, I think they might be one piece away from being a serious contender now. So that goes to that. That goes to the credit of Mitch Kupchak, the, the general manager who is a player personnel who's in charge of bringing in the talent. Great job, Mitch. He's, now, he will make a difference. Former Laker, uh, former player. So he's, he understands the game. So here we go. So great job for Mitch Kupchak and the Charlotte Hornets. Ball. Well, face there of the you city. go. I New know, face right? Of the city, right? Man, can't believe our hours. But up, you know man. what? It has been a fantastic hour. Thank you for joining us, all our yes, listeners. Sir. Alex, I'm Thank not going to ask all. you to score, but we know in your heart that you're you are basically <laughs> split down the middle. Ah, down the middle. Coming, and 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 that's good. Though. I'll take, that's good. I'm I'm take before we end the show. My final prediction: I'm taking Tampa. Oh, 
I'm taking Tampa. Wow. I know I I switched mid show. <laughs> Listen, I know I know, but I gotta switch it up. We can't both be. You know what? Uh, yeah, I think we had to. What fun would that? People be? were like, "Oh, here they 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 know what's up." And I had a play, somebody <laughs> here, tell me is the game is the game are the games actually uh, fixed? Uh, no. I, don't, I think Brady's coming back next year anyway. That's another hey, good question. Listen, well, that's that's another discussion. Games have been fixed since 1918 <laughs> World Series with the White Sox going all the way into the mob. So don't give me that these games aren't fixed now. <laughs> Point spread. Oh, what's the last time? Since we checked on Vegas, we have checked on Vegas. Caesar Palace are predicting a what's three-point win for the team. And Chiefs. guess what my prediction is? Three-point win. Yeah, you looked at that. I said spread. that two weeks ago. Remember, I said that two weeks ago. Thirty-eight, thirty, thirty-eight, That's right. thirty-five. Yes. I just got back from Detroit. I was checking out those sports books. <laughs> now that uh, Michigan's got that legal gambling, came up, came up. I hit on the Bills over the Ravens. While oh I was my there. god, hit on some other games. Made a good little yeah. Come up there. See, so when you was... go, when you travel, you travel with. Uh, mm-hmm. You might not have stash, but it, it it will eventually come to you. You know it, man. It, it's been a pleasure uh, doing the show with you tonight, Vince. Thanks again for hey, having man. me on. Hey, man. No, with thank you, you for joining us. God bless, man. To you, happy, happy God birthday bless you to too. the pops today. To my, to my thank daughter, you so Ankara. much. And so we just, it's just oh, been a happy birthday and and happy Super Bowl Sunday to everyone out there listening. Thanks again for joining Gotta us. Enjoy tonight. the games. Uh, please distance, social distance. Yes. And you've been listening to the shoot. And and drink responsibly and gamble <laughs> responsibly. Just do everything responsibly. How about that? Just do everything. Yes, yes. Boy, yes. I tell you, we're gonna have fun. Thanks again for listening. And you've been listening to the shoot with Alex and Vincent on 730 the game, ESPN. It's the Radio. shoot. <laughs>